Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by the American Raptors. I'm Henry Chisholm, and today we have two things that we're going to talk about. Um, first of all, I mentioned this yesterday. Nikhil Bitrand, the tackle prospect from Philadelphia, the CU commit, tweeted yesterday that he has some news coming on his birthday which I believe he said is June 8th. I'm going to pull this tweet up again just to double check. Um, it's, it's weird how you're so confident it's June 8th, and then as soon as you say it out loud, you're like, wait, did I really get that right? Better to double check. Um, yeah, it's June 8th. So, again, he says that there's a big announcement, and we're going to talk about what that means, but then talk about CU recruiting in general um, in the context of, of what's happening here. And... Then, in the second half of the podcast, I want to go through some future opponents. Um, I want to talk about, you know, the Florida games and Texas... Texas wait, which Texas? Uh, TCU is the one. That's why. Okay. Um, but there's... Uh, we're we're going to go through some of those. Um, we're going to rank them, and we're just going to go year by year through what's there and see if we can put them all together. Um and there's the plan for the show. There's the plan for the show. And I haven't actually decided. Now I think the idea was we'll go through and rank them. I didn't think like, are we ranking them by how exciting they are, by how good of a decision it is to schedule that game? That's probably the right move. Um, but who knows? Maybe we'll do a couple rankings. Who's to say? Um, it's Saturday. I don't have much to add there. I mentioned yesterday I've got another graduation party to go to today. Um... So that's cool. Uh, the Avs play tonight. That's going to be real fun. Come down to the bar. Again, this is going to get posted at like noon. And the game starts at 6. So if you happen to listen between like or before 4 and you're like, oh, yeah, might as well come down. Swing on by. It's going to be a great time. Might as well just jump in now. Might as well just jump in. So Nikhil Bitrand. First, before we kind of get into this new stuff, Let's uh, talk about who he is. Um, and who he is, as I mentioned before, is a massive offensive tackle from Philadelphia. And by massive, we're talking 6'7", 3'10". He came to one of CU's practices, and I, I actually didn't get a chance to talk with him, but as soon as you see him, you realize, like, oh my goodness, this man is a freak. And it seems like other schools have realized he's a freak as well. Um, so jumping back to March, that's when CU 
offered Nikhil. At that point, he had offers from schools like Appalachian State, Coastal Carolina, uh, Bowling Green, but then also an offer from Washington. Um, and then that Washington offer was the one offer you look at and say, okay, there is some interest. And I remember when, when the offer went out, um, actually, I don't remember that part. When, when he committed about three weeks later, I remember CU fans being pretty upset about it. Not, not upset, that's not fair, but saying things like, well, hey, look, there's another commitment from a guy who has no other Power 5 offers, or in this case, one offer power f- or one other uh, Power 5 offer. Um, since then, he's pulled in a couple more, um, notably from Texas A&M, uh, Georgia, Penn State, got Maryland, Pitt, Syracuse in there. And that's according to 24-7 Sports. It feels like he's tweeted out more offers. Um, I'm actually going to check on his page to see if there's more that aren't listed there. Um, yeah, there's Auburn, Kentucky. Uh, that's not him who got West Virginia. Uh, BC. Uh, so, oh wait, he did get West Virginia. Yep. Uh, Cincinnati. I, th- I could swear Bama was in there, but I'm not seeing Bama. Well, point is, a lot of offers. A lot of offers. And with all these offers coming in over the course of the last couple months, when you see a tweet that says, I have a big announcement coming on, what is that? Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Why did I say that so fast? Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So on Wednesday. We're going to be hearing what that announcement is. And hopefully hopefully the guy likes attention, right? You know, remember remember the April Fool's jokes from Brendan Rice about transferring and the the decommitment drama, some of that sort of stuff. Maybe this is the same thing. Maybe maybe he's just like doing that. Maybe he has an announcement that is a joke. Maybe he has an announcement that's not related to decommitting from CU. Um but Given the context, given the fact that Texas A&M can throw so much money at these guys, I think I think if you're a little bit nervous about what's to come on that day, you'd, you'd probably be on the right track. Um, that, that'd be the easy bet here. So, where does that leave us right now? Um, I've got some thoughts. For I should add one more thing. Right now, 24-7 Sports has him as the number two rated commit, or second ranked commit among CU commitments. So the 8592 is only behind CJ Turner, linebacker from Arkansas. So I think that there is some some lessons here. And I guess the first one is a lesson that CU has learned over and over again. It, it's going to be tough when Texas A&M and Georgia and the big schools come in and say, we want this guy. Because I think that if any of us were 18-year-olds and, you know, you hear the the pitch to come to Colorado and then, say, Nick Saban shows up at your door, it's tough to pass up the opportunity to play with Nick Saban. You just look at the track record at a bunch of these schools that, that he has offers from. The truth is they get more players into the NFL. You know, if you're a starter at Bama or I guess, he, that, let's stop using that example because he doesn't have an offer. Your starter at Georgia, there's a good chance you're at least getting a shot. You're at least a seventh-round pick um, if you're a starter there. Now, it's tougher to start there and those sorts of things as well, but 
I I think that that's a gamble that is probably more often than not worth taking. It's a familiar story. You know, this is kind of the way things go. Um, But the twist here is that Colorado was in on Nikhil very early, as we talked about before. That offer from Colorado came before almost all of the offers, um, potentially all the offers that he's going to be considering if he does decide to decommit. That helps. And I, I think that there's a couple couple of points here. The first one is hopefully it works out. You know, ho- hopefully he realizes that Colorado wants him, that he can be the stud here, that there's a quick path to playing time for him if, if he chooses Colorado over Penn State or whoever else. Hopefully getting in early matters to him. The other piece is that the CU coaches identified that talent quickly. You know, it's it's they're they're kind of getting the cosign, right? When when you go out there and say, Ooh, we really want this guy, come here, and the guy goes there and then everybody else says, Ooh, we gotta try steal him. It's it it means something. And and again, this is where it's really nice to be Texas A and M and not have to be so diligent and not have to make sure that you're you're getting on guys as soon as possible and trying to be early and convince them early, all, all that sort of stuff. That's where it's nice to be able to just say, okay, you're going to Colorado. Guess what? Here's 200 grand. Still going to Colorado? And and whatever happens, happens. If you're Colorado, you do need to be able to identify talent, and we're seeing that they did that. You know, it, it will be interesting to see at the end. That's That's the other piece is – you have a class that you're putting together really, really early. You know, 10 commitments already. That's that. That's why they're currently ranked number 15 in the country in recruiting. It's it's not because they brought in a bunch of five stars. It's because they they have a bunch of depth. And you also look. I mentioned Nikhil. He's at eight five nine two. AJ Newberry eight five eight five. Adrian Wilson eight five eight five. Isaiah Harge eight five seven zero. Cam Beiser, 8565. You know, there's there's a bunch of guys in this very same tier. And I wonder if we go through, if we see that they have moved up. Yeah, here's the history. So let's see. I'm not sure. So I I can't, I can't remember when he committed, but Cam Beiser went from a 8466 in March to an 8519 in April. To an 8565 moved up again in, in June. Um Looks like he committed. I thought it was before any of that. Um, come on, it's got to be here somewhere. Load more. Yeah, so he committed at the end of December. So he's moved up a lot since then. And since then, you know, Texas Tech reached out with an offer. Kansas offered him. SMU offered him. Houston offered him. Memphis offered him. So you see that happening you know going with Isaiah Harge who's a more recent commitment so this is probably a bad example but what's his history like um ah he's fluctuated a little bit 8578's where he started got up to 8593 at one point down to an 8570 now um so I guess you don't see him move up but he also committed more recently who's who's one of the older commits here Nikhil was in March um ooh Edward Schultz let's go with him that was February. He uh, again. These are the composite scores. So, the they they twenty four seven sports takes their score and the rivals score and the uh, ESPN score averages them out. Um, 
8416. So when he committed, he was also no, he was at 8416 when he committed 8480 now. So he moved up a little bit. You it does feel like there's a bit of a trend here. Um but I think the other piece and the other thing I want to get into actually one of the other things I want to get into is that you can't let the offers always dictate who or whether a player is good, right? So just because Nikhil has, you know, now the Texas A&M offer, half the SEC has offered him, that it, it does make you feel better if he comes to Colorado, but you have to hope that those offers don't come in. You got to hope that it's kind of that Owen McCown situation where Owen probably could have gotten other offers. And I think that teams just knew what I've heard, I guess. I can't remember who I heard that from. But but I, I remember hearing that there probably would be more offers, but teams were just so certain that he was going to Colorado regardless. So in Owen McCown, you know, he gets those offers. Then the recruiter, recruiting ranking guys, circle back and look at him more and say, oh, maybe he is better because Bama thinks he's better. So you have all that stuff going on. Um, and that's... Uh, you can't fall into the trap. You can't fall into the trap. But the last thing that I, I want to get into here is this new theory that I've had for a few weeks but haven't talked about. And I really think that what Colorado needs to do is not bring in so many freshmen and bring in more transfers. I think that that's the path to success right now. Now, you always need a decent freshman class. It's just that when you start out with 10 commitments already, you wonder if this is going to wind up being a 25-man class, you know? And, and if you're doing that, I get the strategy because a lot of those guys will transfer and you wind up with a 17-man class. But the thing about bringing in transfers is they can't transfer again. And so they're trapped here. You know, if, if, if you land Nikhil Beatran, let's say, he turns out to be an awesome tackle. But, you know, the, the Buffs don't figure out quarterback for a couple years. And, and maybe the defense slips a little bit as well. And, and they're not all that competitive. And they're not getting a lot of attention. You could see why Nikhil would transfer, right? Same thing with C.J. Turner or Isaiah Harge or any of these guys. It's happened before. So if you can avoid that by going to the transfer portal and adding talent there, you you have them handcuffed. They can't transfer again until they, they graduate, and then they get that grad transfer exemption. Um, so I think that that would be the strategy I take. Now, the, the difference, the, the reason you wouldn't do it is if you don't think that you can get good talent from the transfer portal. Uh, if you think that these guys are just much more talented than what you could get at Colorado, then yeah. I mean, you take the better football players and you figure out when you when it's time to cross that bridge. But seeing this already happen with Nikhil, and maybe it's just PTSD from what happened in December and a little bit in January as well, you, you look through this list of commitments and say, I think that there's a bunch of good football players here. And we've talked about a bunch of them at length. You know, Nikhil is going to be really good. Um Edward Schultz, at the very least, is going to be a very explosive returner, but he has all the tools to just be a good football player in general. Um, ESPN has Ryan Staub, the quarterback, who in the composite is the third worst player. We should call him the eighth best player. That sounds better. Um, but ESPN says he's a four-star. So there's you, you get the hype there as well. There's a lot of... There's a lot of talent here, but you still look through and say, I wonder how many of these guys are going to wind up transferring out. Um, especially when you hear news like this about Nikhil. And again, we haven't heard news. We just know that there's news on the way. And the news could be minor. The news could be major. There's no telling. But we'll see you on Wednesday. And 
just have to hope that he still is a CU commit Wednesday night. Um, I think that's, that can wrap up this section of the podcast. Like I said, we're going to look through this future schedule, these upcoming opponents. Uh, real quick, though. Sexy pizza is awesome. Uh, if you don't come down to the DMVR bar tonight, uh, then you're making a big mistake. But you can rectify that mistake, at least for the most part, by ordering from Sexy Pizza. Uh, it really is good stuff. It's been a part of the Denver community for 13 years now. They've got four locations in Denver. They've got a new one open in Trinidad, Colorado. Got all the toppings. They've got the green chili pizza's really good, so definitely get in on that. Um, they also have uh, vegan options, gluten-free options, a bunch of different uh, sides and all that sort of stuff. It's a great place to go, so definitely get in there. And the best part is, right now, if you go to www.sexy.pizza, use the promo code DNVRAVS. It's DNVRAVS, all pushed together in one word, no sp- no spaces. Um, you can get 15% off your order. Uh, it's only available until June 12th. You know, it's a playoff-themed thing, obviously. So get in on that and get yourself some pizza. Also, Wana. We love Wana. If, if you're struggling with sleep, Wana's fast-asleep optimals are the way to go. Uh, they are primarily CBD. There's a little bit of THC in there. There's a little bit of melatonin in there. Um, but there's none of the big powerful sleep drugs in there that'll make you groggy the next day. That's the best part. The second best part is that they are very fast acting. Within 5 to 15 minutes, you'll start to feel your eyelids getting heavy. Um, and... That's uh, that's ideal. That's real quick. Um, you can pick up Wana's Fast Asleep Optimals uh, at Colorado's Premier Dispensary. That's Light Shade with 11 convenient Denver Metro and Aurora locations. The Barnum location is now open. It's one block off of 6th and Federal. It's the biggest Light Shade store. They've got specialty products that are not offered at other locations. Uh, plus, podcast listeners can get 25% off all non-sale items with the code DNVR. Shop online at lightshade.com for pickup or visit a Lightshade location near you. Finally, DraftKings Sportsbook. It's another great way to spend your Saturday is betting on the ads with DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, if, if you're not a hockey guy, first of all, you're terrible. But, but also, you can bet on the NBA Finals. Bet $5 on either team in any of the games. You'll get $150 in free bets instantly. It's only for new users, but it's a great way to start off your account and... It makes watching those games a lot more fun, especially if you don't have a dog in the fight. Uh, if you want my advice, maybe put a little bit of money on Derek White to score like 20 points or something. It's been a good bet recently. So use the code DNVR at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. You'll get you'll you'll be able to bet $5 on any NBA team. You'll get $150 in free bets instantly if you do that. Uh, must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Also, your DraftKings pick of the week. Avs minus 130 tonight. I mentioned this yesterday. That's what we're going with. Um, again, just throw five bucks down on the game. Win your four bucks back if the Avs win. That's a great deal because the Avalanche are going to win. There's other good stuff. There's a 50% profit boost on a same game parlay. Want to throw Avs to win, maybe the over, um, Nate to score a goal. You can boost that 50%. So if that comes out to like plus 400, 
That turns into plus 600. Six to one odds instead of four to one odds. Cool stuff. Get over to DraftKings Sportsbook. All right. Time to dig through Colorado's future opponents. Uh, I'm excited about this. And the way we're going to do it is rank them by how good of a team it was to schedule. Um, the idea being like, if if you're playing, well, we'll talk about it because there's some easy conversations here pretty quickly. Um, let's include, why not include this year's games? Um, and again, you, you can't schedule your conference games. You can only schedule your non-conference games. So we're only talking about those. Uh, but, Here's what those are. Obviously, this year you start with TCU. There's our baseline. Currently sitting in the number one and only spot is your game versus TCU. Um, next up, we get to Air Force. Is that a better scheduled game or worse? At Air Force is pretty easily a bad game to schedule because that's a good team. You know, I guess maybe you give them points for, you know, it, it, you're going to have a home field advantage at at Air Force, and it's going to count as a road game, so that part of it's nice. Um, but scheduling a triple option team, not a good idea. Uh, at Minnesota, wow, that's real tight with TCU. Um, we like scheduling home games more just because you have a better chance of winning. I know what I just said about Air Force, but um, because of that, we'll slide TCU just barely in front of Minnesota. So right now, after 2022, it goes TCU at Minnesota at Air Force, and we're moving on to the 2023 games. Uh, you do have TCU again. This one's at TCU. Um, how about, you know, recruiting Recruiting in Texas is better. And because of that, we are going to slip that in front of Minnesota in this two spot. Um, then you have Nebraska. Uh, that's a home game. Easy number one. Always schedule Nebraska. Um, that's a... Uh, there's really nothing else to say there. Third non-conference game next year, Colorado State. It's a home game. I know that there's kind of tricky stuff, but at this point, the Buffs need wins. That's a win. I think that's a good game to schedule as of right now. Um, so we're we're going to slide that. We're going to slide that right behind Nebraska. I think at, at this point, the Buffs need to be scheduling Colorado State because they simply just need wins. 2024. Uh, let's see. At Colorado State is on the list. That uh, That's got to go right after versus Colorado State, just because it's easier to get the win at home. Uh, you can make the case that they'll win both either way, so you might as well get like the bonus point for doing it on the road, but we're not doing that here. Um, at Nebraska, same thing. That fits in at number two between versus Nebraska and versus CSU. But we do have the new worst scheduled game that we've gotten to so far. That is versus North Dakota State. The reason that sucks is because North Dakota State is really good and it always looks bad to lose to an FCS team. North Dakota State would probably be like a top 20 FBS team. So don't love that. 2025. Uh, Georgia Tech. No longer triple option, so you don't worry about that. Obviously, you have the history that goes into that game. Despite, I don't think they've ever played each other. This is a good one. This is a good one because that's a decent caliber opponent, very winnable game. 
where does this fit in? I think I like it better than the TCU game. This will go between at CSU and uh, versus TCU. So that's uh, fifth place out of the 10 now so far. Um, Also have at Houston. Again, we love trips to Texas. That's actually the next spot. That's going to be right under the GT game. Um, And it fits in above TCU just because I think TCU is a little bit better football team at this point. In 2025, they're Big 12. I don't think we care about that. Then versus Wyoming. Um, you worry a little bit about fans coming in, but not really because you're going to beat Wyoming no matter what. Um, the GT game has history. Uh, some people might care about the local aspect versus Wyoming. That has always surprised me. It's like it's a different state, but whatever. Um, that is an easier win than GT. We're gonna put that. We're gonna put that ahead of GT. So that's now uh, number. four five of the 12 so far that might be just a little bit too high we're going with um and on to 2026 this is gonna be fun because i believe we get to go through 2038 um 2026 at gt um we're gonna put that actually i was tempted to move it to under at houston but that a, a recruiting trip to georgia is also good so it's just gonna fit in right below versus gt um versus houston again that goes actually that might be maybe sneaky better because you get to go down there and this is still probably pretty winnable so that's actually going to go below at houston uh, just because you know you lose the ticket revenue and that sort of thing but you also get to go down to houston and that's a recruiting hotbed at northwestern that's a consistently solid program with some upside a Big Ten opponent, so you get points regardless. You're on the road, uh, which we don't like for these sorts of games. Um, but I do think that that's a good matchup. And I think that that's a pretty... It should be a pretty even test, at least. Um, is it a little bit too dangerous? I don't think so. Well, you know, We're going to put that after at Houston, just because at Houston is such a good recruiting spot. So there we go. Um, at Northwestern. And we're through 15. Um, on to 2027. I think, is this the Florida year? No, it's not Florida. You got Colgate. That's an easy win. We love the easy wins. That's going to be right after the Nebraska games, then the CSU games um, versus Colgate. There we go. Now it's in the notes. Um, versus Northwestern. That goes right above at Northwestern versus and W, then versus Kansas State. Again, I like that, but you get more points for the Northwestern game if you win. But Kansas State is not quite as good. We'll go We'll go versus... It's not really recruiting. Those Big Ten wins are valuable. I like the opportunity. Um, this is actually going to fit in below the Houston game. The, the, the home game against Houston, that is. So, uh, let's see, where is it? Verse... Kansas State is now 13th of 18, and we are on to 2028. UMass, again, just easy win. Does that go above or below Colgate? It doesn't matter. Um, neither of any recruiting ties. We'll put it... They're, they're FCS, right? So we're going to put it below Colgate, which is also FCS. It could go either way with these two. Um, but above Wyoming. 
just because it's a little bit easier win. Buffs need those right now. We're not worried about strength of schedule. We're worried about six wins. Um, at Florida, big opportunity, big recruiting hotbed. This is going to go right below those two easy FCS games and above the Wyoming game. Um, it's it, a little too challenging in some regards, but it's a game that's going to get a lot of eyes on it, obviously. And Florida recruiting, love that. Uh, at Kansas State, we're actually going to put that below at the, the TCU games um, just because that one is a little bit more losable and you don't get eyes from potential recruits. Uh, 2029 now through 21 games on the list. Two games scheduled for 2029. First year, they don't have a full full slate. Um, at Colorado State, we'll just put that right next to the other at CSU and not worry about it. The home game against Florida, I almost like the road game better. You know, obviously at home you have a better chance to pull off the win. Road game down at the Swamp. We're going to, you know what, this is, this game is going to be below the road game just because you get more eyes on the road game from recruits from just general people and on to 2030 uh home against smu how does that compare to you know houston tcu probably more on the tcu level we're gonna put that right above the tcu games um, then at Missouri, similar to Florida, better chance of a win, less eyes, and no eyes from recruits. So that, that bumps it down a little bit. Still, it's a winnable SEC game, and, and that means something. So that's going to go below the GT games. No, below the at Houston game as well. Below the at Houston. So this fits in at number 14 of the 25 so far. It's a lot. It's probably more interesting if you can see the list. Um, then the home against Colorado State goes next to the other home game against CSU. 2031. Uh, two games scheduled again. Home against Missouri. I think that goes after the road GT game. Better winning opportunity. We're not worried about recruiting in that one. Um, so that's 14 of the 27 so far. Ranked 14th. And at SMU, better than versus SMU. You like the road game. Um, it's above versus Houston as well. Above at Northwestern. So we're going to put it between the Northwestern games here. At SMU. There we go. 18th of 28. It, maybe that needs to be higher. Uh, 2032, one game scheduled. North Texas. Again, there's your recruiting stuff. It's uh, it, also a game that you should pretty easily win. That's going to put it way up here. Um, behind the CSU games. We're going to put the versus UNT ahead of Colgate and UMass. Uh, number seven of the now 29. Two games in 2033. This is at North Texas, which goes up one spot. You also have another home game against CSU, so we put that with the others. And we're on to 2034. Uh, one game at CSU, put all those right next to each other. And then on to 2036. Are these just more CSU games? Oh, Oklahoma State. I forgot they scheduled those. Um, wow, Oklahoma State. So you have some history there. Oklahoma, not a great recruiting hotbed. Not terrible, though. And you're going to get some eyes on it. 
So there's value here. Wyoming GT. This goes below. Ah, versus Missouri is too good of a of an opportunity. At Houston is a good recruiting opportunity. So we're going to put at Oklahoma State at number 20 between at Houston and at Missouri. No, I think you, you like at Missouri better. Both games equally winnable. One is an SEC team. First Northwestern, yeah, right above versus Northwestern. Maybe you like that. Ver- this is below versus Northwestern. The history is a draw, but then you get to at SMU again. We like the Dallas. It, that's where this goes. Between at SMU, at Northwestern. This is 23 of the 33 now. At, okay. Oh, I missed a button. There we go. State. There we go. And now, is this the last one? No, 2037 and 2038, their game scheduled. Uh, 2037, another CSU game. There we go. Let's write it down with the others. And then home against Oklahoma State. We like that better than at Oklahoma State. So there's a starting point. Less than GT. Oh, so this is this is right after at Houston. This is versus Oklahoma State. There we go. 21 of the 35. And I think there's one game in 2038. Just CSU. Yeah, just CSU. At CSU goes the others. So 36 non-conference games scheduled. We'll run through this list. We'll do it reverse order because that's fun to close out. Um, 36th versus NDSU. That's just a the, no win, right? You beat NDSU. Nobody cares. You lose. Everybody makes fun of you. Uh, 35th at Air Force. Obviously very similar, um, but it's triple option. 34 at Minnesota. Just not much of a draw. Uh, 33 at Kansas State. You could probably put Minnesota above that. Uh, I, I'm changing these. We're going to go... 32 is versus T- TCU. 31 is at TCU. Just give a little bump for, for playing that game in Dallas. A couple more eyes. Um, 30 versus SMU. Again, it's a, another Dallas school, but yeah, you're not down there. It's not bad scheduling. It, it, it is a game you could lose for sure, though. Um, 29 versus Kansas State. 28 versus Houston. 27 at Northwestern. 26 at Oklahoma State, uh, 25 at SMU. This one's debatable. Again, you get to play in Dallas. 24 versus Northwestern, 23 at Missouri, 22 versus Oklahoma State, uh, 21 at Houston, 20 versus Missouri, uh, 19 at GT. I thought that the Georgia Tech games would finish up higher, but they there's some, some well-scheduled games. And that's the bottom half of the list. Getting in the top half, 18 versus GT, 17 versus Wyoming, um, easy easy win at home. Get the local draw. You'll get more eyes on it. You could bump this up even more. Uh, 16 versus Florida, 15 at Florida. Again, it's debatable either way. We'll give the recruiting bump and the fact that games at the Swamp, they're going to get more attention. Um, 14 versus UMass, 13 versus Colgate, 12 versus North Texas, 11 at North Texas, 10 at CSU, 9 at CSU, 8 at CSU, 7 at CSU, 6 versus CSU, 5 versus CSU, 4 versus CSU, 3 versus CSU, number 2 at Nebraska, 1 versus Nebraska. Schedule them every year. Um, that's going to do it for today. Uh, hopefully I'll see you guys at the bar for the Avs game. If not, we'll talk again on Monday. Appreciate you all for listening, and I will see you then.